Okay, well, we're kicking off a new series today. Thank you. That's always exciting for me, at least. Uh, I hope that some of you might have been quite enjoying the last series, but hey, uh, it's time to move on because now that we are all wise, right? Or at least topped up with a little more wisdom from above, it's time to wrestle with a new question. And the new question is this Are you ready for more? Are you ready for more? And to set that up, I'm going to ask you a series of rhetorical questions. You can answer them all for, for yourselves. Though I suspect that in most cases, if not all cases, the answer will be yes, please. Okay, so question number one Are you ready for more of God in your life? Yes, please. Thank you, Jane. Well done. You know, you've read all those promises. You've heard other people's amazing testimonies. You've seen God move in your life in the past, at times, to to a degree. But you recognize there is still so much more to come. If you're honest, you're experiencing a little of what we call holy discontent because you're ready for more. Question number two, are you ready for more peace and joy? Anyone squeeze a little bit more peace and joy into their lives and their families and their circumstances? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Of being flustered and pestered? Anxious and stressed, down in the dumps? And you really want to know the fullness of the peace that passes understanding, of a joy unspeakable and full of glory. I know you're grateful for the, for the degrees of stability and healing that God has brought in your life. But you just want more. Number three, are you ready for more of God in your prayer life? Feels a bit dry, a bit Dale, possibly a little bit stuck. You love to see it come to life, to become a, a delight rather than a chore. Perhaps you're stuck in routines. Perhaps you're a little too easily distracted. Maybe you're consumed with that feeling of guilt that you just don't pray enough. You get the sense that your, your prayer closet should be an oasis and not a desert. Number four, are you ready for more of his guidance? So often it feels as though God just isn't getting through. You'd love to hear from him more clearly, but it just doesn't seem to be working for you. Only you could access that wisdom and know that sense of clarity and be confident that you are headed in the right direction. You do not for a second doubt the the tremendous benefit of receiving his wisdom and following his leading. You just want more. You're getting the message. (laughs) Three more to go. Number five, are you ready for more of God in your home? Are you fed up with strife and disagreements? 
of molehills turning into mountains, minors into majors, bad moods into full-blown confrontation. You know, before you got married, you dreamt of happiness and harmony. That's become a distant memory. You really want your kids to grow up surrounded by faith and hope and love. So how do we get more godly? How do we get more of the Bible in our homes? How do we pray together more? Number six, are you ready for more of your friends to come to know the Lord? Do you want your light to shine brighter? That magnet to become stronger? To shake off that suffocating sense of guilt that I should be doing more for the Lord? Now, we all want to be purposeful and effective and fruitful, and so we wrestle with, with a compelling conviction that there should be more. And number seven, are you ready for more fruitfulness around your gift and your calling? You know, you know what God's put in there. You know how you are wired. But you just love to see it burst into life. You're fed up with that volcano being dormant and you want it to erupt into fruitfulness. You instinctively know that that would fuel your Christian walk and ignite your church experience. I think the bottom line is we all want more. Why? Because God put that longing in there. And we instinctively know that there is more to come. And we know that we've only begun to see what God is capable of doing in our lives and in our homes and in our churches and in our ministries. Now, I don't know what your personal more is, but I can tell you what our more is as a church. I can tell you what what we see when we dream. And when we lie awake and we picture what church could be like, what church should be like, I can tell you what we see, or, or at least what we long to see. And you can see it up there. I had to check which side. That's that side. Been there for about 10 years. I know where it is. You can see it there listed on our, our vision banner. And that is what we see when we dream. That is what we long for. And grateful though we are, we are grateful for all God has done in the past. We need more. We need more. Right way through those six, just really quickly. We need to be more alive. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who wants our church to be so alive and so full of life, and so passionate and fun, church can be fun, that the people look at it from miles around and decide they want some of that. Are we alive? I would say that there are several positive signs of life. But we want more. Second one, spirit-filled. So grateful for all the Holy Spirit does around here. More often than not, there is a, a tangible sense of God in here as we worship. 
and that sense that, that the Lord meets with people through the ministry of his word. But I don't know about you. I'm ready for more. I see so much more when I dream. And I long for the day when the, the glory of God is so weighty and so thick and so tangibly manifest that the hairs on the back of our necks rise. And it's almost as though people are frozen to the spot, such is the awe of God. Remember that Old Testament episode where, where they're dedicating Solomon's temple and, and, the, and the glory of God descends like a cloud and it says the, essentially the, the, the ministers there, the, the priests, they were kind of frozen to the spot. They couldn't move. You know, we want the Holy Spirit to be so welcome and to be so honored and to be so embraced that he can do what he longs to do, unfettered and unrestrained. And on that day, under those atmospheric conditions, we will see an explosion of what we long to see which is salvation and healing and deliverance and the gifts of the Spirit and the manifest power of God. Please, church, tell me I'm not the only one who desires more of that. I know I'm not. Third on the list, it is growing. I don't know about you, but I can see big when I dream. And I'm delighted that we have we have 25 young ones in our youth on a Sunday morning. Think about that. I have three teenagers. Praise the Lord. 25 of them up there right, right now. 25 is great, but I'd love it to be 50, wouldn't you? Don't tell Emma. And I'm grateful. Guess what? I'm grateful. Last week we had, you ready for this? We had 16 toddlers in that room in there. Don't tell Claire. I'd love it to be 32, wouldn't you? <laughs> no, mercy, mercy. Now, there are plans afoot to run a holiday club next summer. I think I'm allowed to sneak that news out. Wouldn't it be great if all the kids who came to that next summer rocked up on a Sunday morning? And do you know what? I reckon we've got a few empty chairs in here. I reckon we can squeeze a few more into the main sanctuary as well. Next one on my list is, you know, we, we long for a church that is transforming. If you're unaware, here is the gospel pattern. The gospel transforms things. That's what it does. The broken get fixed. The lost are found. The hurt receive healing. The fearful find faith. The lonely receive love and acceptance and the condemned find grace and freedom. And as ever, I am grateful for what God has done, but I am desperate for more of that. You know, we all have, we'll have hurts and hang-ups. We all have areas that need transforming. You know, we've read the verse, haven't we, about, about spiritual metamorphosis. Why settle for crawling in the dirt on your belly like a caterpillar, when you could float free on the breeze like a beautiful butterfly. Oh, number four, joyful, whether it's been difficult and dysfunctional, 
but we have a vision of what church community could be like, where everyone is made to feel warmly welcome and to feel at home and finds their place, where people can access the friendship that they want and the support that they need, when they know who to go to if they want prayer or if they long for a turbo boost of encouragement or a word of wisdom, a word of comfort. The reality is we grow in community together. We learn in connect group together. We serve more effectively in teams together. And we function best as that one Corinthians 12 body with every part in place, every part flourishing and functioning. And again, I'm very grateful for all we have and for what God is doing here, but I'm well aware that we need more. Number six, last one on my list here. We all want to be effective for the Lord. That's, that's deeply rooted in our spiritual DNA because God himself put it there. And again, I'm so grateful for all God has done in me and what God has taught me. I'm thankful that on occasions in the past, God has used my humble offering for his glory. And I'm sure you are too. But we are hungry for more. To be more effective, more incisive, more productive. To be greater in witness. To be wiser in counsel. To be stronger in support. To be more effervescent in encouragement. In short, equipped to do the work of the ministry for the glory of his name and for the extension of his kingdom. And to do that, we need more. We need more tools, more resources. We need more teammates. And we definitely need more supernatural power. The reality is we long for more of all of that. And again, I'm grateful for all that God has done through this church over 18 years. But I'm convinced that there is so much more. We need there to be more for our sakes, to ignite and empower our Christian lives. And we need there to be more for, for their sakes, so that people who don't yet know Jesus can meet him and be swept off their feet. And the good news is, not only do we want more, God also wants more for us. So, if that's the case, what can we do in pursuit of more? To access more, to press into more. I'll tell you a couple of things that I've learned over the years. I've learned that you cannot always control the outcomes. Frustrating, but true. I've learned that you cannot fix all the circumstances. And frankly, you drive yourself crazy trying. And I've learned that you cannot micromanage all the people around you. Another sure path 
to exasperation. But there are two things that you definitely can do. And the first one is, is our farmer picture. You can plow that field. You can till that soil until it is ripe and fertile. You can do that. And the second thing you can do is you can continually, intentionally, repeatedly, deliberately sow good seed. Not much of the rest of it is up to God. Ultimately, he is the one who brings the increase. He is the one who makes it grow. But those two things you can do, that they are in your control. And you know what? Those are also the two things that prepare the way for more. And here's the point of the series, I guess. If you want more, if you want more, yes, there are elements that are out of your control. But there are things that you can do intentionally and repeatedly and persistently. There are things you can do to prepare the ground and to make room and to open the door to the more of the Lord. And here comes a bit of a spoiler alert. This is where our, our kingdom culture values kick in. Why? Because they describe, we'll get to them in a minute, they describe what sowing good seed in the right soil looks like. And it works like this. If you want more of the Lord, in response to any of those seven questions that I threw at you right at the beginning, if you want more of the Lord, we need to do all we can to cultivate this list. On that screen there, on that display over there, positively positive, always full of grace, radically responsive, naturally supernatural, the fear of the Lord and the spirit of faith. Why? Because that is what a fertile soil looks like. Now, when I originally preached on kingdom culture a few years ago, uh, to set it up, I used the illustration of a greenhouse. You can go back and, and listen to that message if you can find it. And it goes something like this. If you want a, a particular harvest, then you have to sow the right seed, and you have to create the, the appropriate environment, the right atmosphere, the right conditions. And in a greenhouse, all you gardeners out there, which I'm not one, in a greenhouse, that comes down to adjusting the temperature and the humidity, things like irrigation, ventilation. You've got to have the right soil type. You've got to use the right pesticides, the right fertilizer. And you know what? You have to tweak and adjust those conditions depending on what exactly you're trying to grow. For example... You need different atmospheric conditions to grow bananas versus potatoes. And this, folks, is why only one of those is grown here in the UK. You get the picture. And if that's the case, that's the principle, what crop or what harvest or what fruit do we want to grow here? 
And the answer is, is that. It's a church that is alive and is spirit-filled, a church that is growing and transforming, a church that is family and that is equipping. And if that's what we want to grow, then those, those six kingdom culture values describe the soil or the greenhouse conditions that we need to cultivate or create in order to grow that. And so we need to keep tilling that soil, keep turning the ground. We need to keep creating those environmental conditions so that nothing is holding God back from doing what only he can do. So uh, at the beginning of September, we had a really interesting leaders meeting, discussion, conversation, prayer time. And uh, before I get to that, just, just as an incidental, really, just saying we're really reaping the benefits of having split those, those teams into two. We have a trustee team discussing business issues. We have a leadership team discussing spiritual prayer and vision issues. And having that, that magnified focus has been great, to be honest. And so the last time we, we met as leaders to, to chat and pray, I would say that a really strong consensus started to emerge. And that is that we want more. And frankly, we always want more. And one of the key roles of, of leaders and overseas is to keep tilling that soil in pursuit of more. But we recognize that, that if we want more of all that, then we're going to need to have more of all this. In which case, we need to work ruthlessly and repeatedly and strategically to work a soil that is positively positive and always full of grace, radically responsive, naturally supernatural, the fear of the Lord and the spirit of faith. I don't know, but I get excited when I read that list because I'm convinced that so many answers, so many questions lie in that list. And the reality is, and this I think is one of the things that started to emerge from that leaders' meeting, is that if we want more, then we are going to need to, we are going to have to tweak the dial on each of those. And if we're honest, we're going to have to turn the temperature up a little. And before I, before I kind of pull this all together, just, just two, two thoughts. One, one is, this principle applies to, to us as a church. If we want to see more, and we do, and we know we need it, we're honest, we know we need so much more, there is so much more to come, please, Lord. But it also say for you in your personal life, in your home, in your prayer life, in, in terms of your mental health, all of those issues, if you want more of God in that, that these principles apply just as strongly. If you can cultivate that soil in your life, then you will begin to produce more of the fruit you desperately long to see growing around about you. And here's why. Just quickly going to go through those six kingdom culture values and then we're done. Number one, here's my statement. You do not reap supernatural fruit in a negative environment. If you are convinced that you can't, that God won't, if all sorts of people are pulling 
in all sorts of negative directions. If that's the case, then weeds start to grow and the soil turns and the fruit dies on the vine. But the flip to that is in a positive environment that is full of encouragement and expectation and hope and faith and optimism. In that environment, you begin to open yourself up to more of the Lord which is kind of a point. Number one. Number two, you do not reap supernatural fruit in a judgmental environment. Here's the statement. People flourish when there is lavish grace. Grace to learn. Grace to grow. Grace to make mistakes. Grace to be creative. You know, grace is the place that people find the confidence to soften their hearts and to open the door to healing and wholeness. Let me say that again. That's a pivotal statement. Grace is the place where people find the confidence to soften their hearts. We'll come to that in a minute. And to open the door to the more of the Lord. That is a place where that flower begins to bloom. Number three, you do not reap supernatural fruit in a closed, resistant environment. Radically responsive if you're tracking my list there. You know, the Lord is ever beckoning. And if we are hiding behind walls and masks, and hardened hearts, then he just won't be able to break in and will never access more. So we need to be radically responsive. When he says jump, we should instinctively reply, how high? You know, we offer a response every week and my advice would be to train yourself to run to the altar. So the God has you right where he wants you. Number four, you do not reap supernatural fruit in a natural, human, earthly environment. This is naturally supernatural. If it's the, the best we can do, however well-intentioned, we are not going to rattle the doors of hell. You know, I've tried digging deep, I've tried huffing and puffing. I've tried giving it all Jamie's got. And the results, frankly, have been singularly unimpressive. But I've seen a glimpse of what God can do. That is much more like it. So, folks, we need the supernatural power of God to become our natural Number five, you do not reap supernatural fruit in a lax, casual, frivolous, unholy environment. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the awe of God. We need the fear of the Lord. 
And we need that spiritual temperature to be seriously cranked up. It is a great line. We take ourselves far too seriously, but God, nothing like seriously enough. And if we want more, that's going to have to change. And the number six, you do not reap supernatural fruit in a faithless, unbelieving environment. This one's a spirit of faith. We need to take God at his word. We need to stand confidently on his promises. We need some holy boldness. We have to catch the spirit of faith. Why? Because that is an atmosphere, an environment ripe for miracles. Okay, wrap this up. If we want more, which we do, you're going to have to work the soil. If you want more of God in your own life, if we want more of God in our church life, then we are going to have to tweak the dial. We're going to have to turn the temperature up a little bit. And that is, that is where we're headed over the next few weeks. I'll give you a clue. We are going to work our way through those six kingdom culture values. I believe they're critical. Increasingly, I'm listening to other people saying that this is where they're landing, the importance of creating that kind of culture other church around them, I know, are preaching on the fear of the Lord. We're not in this alone. It's important to keep your eyes open and see what God is doing and where God is moving. And I, folks, I believe this is it. So this is where we're headed. My advice would be to buckle up. It's going to be good. Which leads to our response for today. If the worship team would like to come forward, that'd be great. Well, what, what is our response today? Well, I think there's two kinds of responses, in essence. It's yes. <laughs> you know what the other one is, don't you, right? No. And I'm convinced the response, the correct response to this is count me in. I need more of God. I need more of God in my life and in my home and in my job and in my thoughts and in my prayer life and in my ministry. And I need more of God in this church so we can see all those exciting dreams come to pass. And you know what? As I say that and I give you that challenge, you may be, this is Simon Meek, you may be stripping off ready to dive headfirst into the river, or in his case, the baptismal tank. You might be a little bit more cautious as you hear my words, and you go, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. And, and if that is you, in fact, either way, I would encourage you to, to pray a bold prayer today. Don't you love a bold prayer? This one might be a little bit dangerous as well. But hey, you heard what Tree said at the start. And the prayer goes something like this. Lord, I recognize that I need more of you. That's a great place to start. I doubt that anybody in this room is sitting again. No, thanks. It's all right. I'm just fine. I need more. I recognize I need more of you, and I'm honest enough to know that I need more of that, much more of that. So, Lord, please be gentle with me. For here I am, ready for more. 
Okay, so we're going to have a time of worship and response. I look at the clock there. We're doing just fine. So over in this corner over here, we have a worship team. I'm sorry, ministry team. Worship team here. Prayer ministry team here. They'd be delighted to pray for you, pray with you, pray over you. Whether it's something to do with, uh, you know, something connected to this message. Maybe I've just tweaked or pushed a nerve or something. Or something's rising up and burning inside you. And you'd love someone to pray with you. Or it could be anything else. And please go and see them. And they would love to take God at his word and praise with some holy, holy boldness and to stand on those promises with you. So I'd encourage you, if that's you, as we respond, be brave, be bold, come to the front over there and they will pray for you. And then the other challenge is, is if you want more, whether, whether the, the more that's stirring inside of you is a personal more or it's a collective corporate more, doesn't really matter. If you like that, you can pray that prayer right in your seat. But you might be just getting that kind of bit of an itchy thing going on. Just want to come to the front and show God that you mean business and come to the front so you can do business with him and pray that prayer. God, I want more. Let's stand. I pray very, very quickly and then we'll, we'll worship. Father, thank you, Lord, that you have provided for us that you have saved us, rescued us, that you've challenged us, that you've filled us, that you've gifted and equipped us. We're so grateful for all you have done, immeasurably grateful. But Lord, we are honest enough to know that we need more. We need more of you, more of your presence, more of your word, more of your passion, more of your power, more of the whole lot. So Lord, as we respond to you today, our cry is, Lord, we want more. Show us what we need to do to get more. Teach us what we need to do to sow and cultivate and till that soil so it becomes right and ready and fertile for you to do what you long to do in us and actually what we desperately need you to do for us. Holy Spirit, our prayer, please, sir, can we have more?